What's going on? And welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Happy game day, Pelicans fans. Pelicans are back in action tonight as they welcome in the Milwaukee Bucks game two of this now five-game homestand with that one game being postponed earlier in the week. On the call for ESPN tonight for Pelicans Bucks is Ryan Rucco. Also does a lot of great work for the Yes Network. And also, if you haven't checked out his podcast, R2C2 on the Ringer, it's definitely a must listen. But Ryan, I appreciate the time. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about this from your perspective as a broadcaster. You know, times are a little different here with covering basketball. You know, we're doing Zoom interviews here for podcasts instead of phone calls or normally how we do it. Um, but I'm sure it's different for you calling games as well. How has that been for you adjusting to kind of what's been the new normal for this season? Hopefully not for next season. But what's it been like for you and the challenges you face w- with calling a game? Man, it's been uh it's been different, but I think that we all got into the mentality of being nimble. You know, as, as soon as um, we sort of settled into the pandemic and you think about it, we went four months with no sports at all, right? I mean, think we were trying to all like watch old games and like, I mean, it, like no live sports, right? And so I just think, we've all had to take the mentality of if we are able to broadcast these games in any way, you know, where we're able to keep health and safety in mind and then also able to broadcast the games and do what we love and, and, you know, be employed, we'll take it. And I think that obviously there are certain things that you just, you, you can't get unless you're at the arena, unless you're having the interactions you normally have with people, you know, around the league within franchises you know, same thing doing a podcast. It's always going to be better in person, right? Like always. Um, but uh, I think that we've, thanks to just the incredible um, creative and technological minds we have at our networks and leagues, we've been able to make it pretty great. Uh, never going to be as great as being in person. We absolutely should all go back to that as soon as uh, it's safe to do so. Um but in the meantime, I have to say, I've, I, I've been pretty cool with the experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely uh, some learning curves when it comes to this stuff. But you're right. You know, everyone's been able to adapt pretty well, uh, given the circumstances. But I agree with you. Definitely can't wait to get back in arenas. That's for sure. Let's talk about tonight's game between the Pelicans and the Bucks. Um, in your prep work, as far as the Pelicans are concerned, I know they've gotten off to a tough start with a 6-10 and 10 record. Um, some tough losses, one against Minnesota the other night, came back and, and beat the Wizards who were shorthanded. But in your prep work, what have you noticed about the Pelicans so far through 16 games? Well, you know, I mean, I think some of what, um, some of just what I've thought overall, and I thought about this when I had them on Christmas and talking with Stan Van Gundy and then in advance of this game as well, is they're a team who probably is even more significantly hurt by the expedited preseason, right? Because they don't have the same continuity when it comes to the coaching staff, you know? When you're just trying to learn a new system, um, and yes, they do have um, a lot of similar pieces from last season, but those pieces are still young developing players in many cases. Um, And then you have, you know, a couple new ones and that are big pieces in Bledsoe and Adams, right? Amongst others. So, but for me, the biggest thing is it it takes a while, when you have a brand new coach and you're trying to learn new system, new philosophies, you know, new communication, um, and you didn't have the normal onboarding process that you would have. Uh, and then 
So I think that that was always going to make them more likely to be a, a late bloomer uh, for this season as far as gelling, as far as their team goes. Um, I think interestingly, you know, we know they're a great rebounding team, whether you look at offensive or defensive rebounding percentage, uh, you know, the defensive numbers are, are, you know, overall not good, right? Being 24th in defensive rating. But interestingly, they're 11th in defensive field goal percentage, which offers you some hope. I feel like the biggest problem is they allow the most three-point attempts in the NBA. You know, teams are getting off 41 threes per game against them. Um, and we know, you know, even if you hold teams to an okay percentage, which, you know, in this case, they have actually struggled in that area as well. Team shooting 38% from three against them. But if you allow that many attempts and, you know, by virtue uh, the most makes in the league as well, it just means you're, you're, you're trying to make up a lot every night in the scoring department. So, you know, those are some of the things that stood out to me, at least in the early going uh, and, and getting ready for the game. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely the three-point shooting has been a struggle and, and the finding the balance, you know, Stan Van Gundy is all about packing the paint, avoiding allowing layups and free throws but it's also come at the cost of allowing a lot of three-pointers, some that he's trying to find the balance of as this team gets going. Um, a couple of pieces, I'm sure, when looking at your prep work, I mean, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson for the first time as teammates both put up 30 points uh, the other night against the Washington Wizards. Zion's only played, I think tonight might be his 40th career game overall, which is, you know, scary to see how much he's been able to progress. But with, with Brandon Ingram and him being a, an all-star for the first time, winning most improved, um, how have you seen him grow with the Pelicans compared to what you saw in his days with the Lakers? Man, I think uh, more than anything, his shooting, you know, I mean, just, uh, I, I mean, he, he definitely has gotten more comfortable. I think finishing through contact more um, aggressive with his drives. He's getting to the line a lot more, uh, you know, over these last couple of years compared to his time with the Lakers, but more than anything else, his shooting, you know, from all areas of the floor, you know, when he first uh, started with the Lakers, first of all, you know, he wasn't in um, a defined position, if you will, of what his stature was with the franchise, right? You go from being like the big hope for the franchise to being, are you ready to play with LeBron James? You know, and that, that's a big, big difference. Um, and, and at a time where the franchise was in turmoil uh, and here, He's been given the keys, so to speak, um, and he's flourished. Fred Vincent's done an unbelievable job when it comes to helping develop the shooting of Brandon Ingram as well as Lonzo Ball. But, you know, you look at Ingram, you know, Ingram shooting 30. Last year he shot, you know, just under 40% from three. This year he's at 40% from three. This was a guy who you didn't really trust taking threes in the beginning of his career. Now he's become an outstanding three-point shooter. Add that to getting to the line more. Add that to the confidence, to the ownership, to the contract that validates it for him. And I think you have what you would hope to have when you have the number two pick in the draft, which is what Ingram was, right? Um, so I, I just, I, I think he's flourished. And, and, you know, with Zion, he's just so unique. You know, I remember talking to Stan at the beginning of the season, and, and you've heard him say this, obviously, just, you know, there's no real comps for me to draw from and think about okay I coach this player I can use these plays because I am such a unique entity but the fact that he is already at this point of his career I mean he's averaging 24 points on 59 percent shooting like you know I mean for a guy who's played 40 games that's incredible um and 
And so I just think we know the wins don't immediately come with young talents in the NBA. I think more than any other sport, but when you see those guys doing those kind of things, Ingram and Zion most specifically, you know you have the foundation for wins in the not-too-distant future. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks for, for just a second. Obviously a team, 11-6 and six right now, a lot of expectations on them. I think that's one of the big reasons why they made the move with the Pelicans to acquire Drew Holiday as a team that wants to make sure, you know, they're, you know, in contention for a trip to the finals here. Um, with the Giannis Tedekumbo now locked up with his extension. But at the, at the same time, what have you seen from Milwaukee and how much pressure is there on them to kind of get back and, and try to get to the finals where they've come up short the last couple of seasons? I mean, I think there's a ton of pressure. Um, I think that, you know, because they have had basically all the success you can have in the regular season, right? Now this all becomes everything they do is seen through the prism of what's it going to be like come summer? You know, what, what are they going to look like, you know, in a, in a semifinal series, uh, in a conference finals? You know, are they going to be able to hang with Brooklyn's big three? Will they be able to deal with the athleticism of Boston and their length? You know, will Giannis be able to be as impactful in the playoffs as he is in the regular season? How about Chris Middleton? Um, can Drew Holiday do for them what Eric Bledsoe could not? Um, and and so I think that their entire season is all about just trying to see what you are viewing that can translate to those months. Um, I think that Milwaukee is going to feel that pressure until they win, you know, and I think at some point they will, but, but until they do, uh, there's not going to be a whole lot that they, end a season feeling satisfied with other than a title. You talked about a little bit of what Zion brings to the table and how unique he is, but I think everyone that's going to want to tune in on ESPN uh, is Giannis versus Zion. And we don't know how much of that's going to be actually a matchup when they're on the floor at the same time. Um, obviously the Pelicans have a little bit more uh, interior defense with Steven Adams in the fold as well, but what just excites you about those two human beings with Giannis and Zion facing against each other that have sort of, I guess, similar skill sets as far as attacking and getting to the rim of the paint, but also are kind of two completely different players as well. Man, I, I just love the, first of all, I love that they're both great guys. You know, they're, they're supremely likable. Um, and I think they're amazing ambassadors for the sport uh, and, and guys who, who want to be great. Um, obviously Giannis already is, um, and, uh, and Zion, I think, you know, has, he has that magic to him where, you know, he, he sparkles and, and you could just tell he's different and special as a person and, and, and wants to, you know, fully maximize his talents and gifts as well. Um, and for me, it's just seeing two completely unique physical beings going up against each other, you know, like there's, there wasn't, there never has been a Giannis when it comes to just his physicality, size, length, skill set. We've never seen a Giannis before in the NBA. And I don't know that we've ever seen a Zion in the NBA when it comes to, you know, the way he plays, same thing, his physicality, you know, what he's able to do uh, at his size and, uh, and sort of the uniqueness to his size and the way he moves, um, being more of this, you know, burly lumbering force um, instead of a long, you know, athletic 
uh, force. But I, I think that's what excites me, man, is the fact that somehow after all these years, you're still seeing dudes who are constructed different than anybody you've ever seen and are able to play the game at such a ridiculously high level. And so I love seeing them go up against each other. Should be a fun one tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Before I let you go, just a, a broad question about the NBA in general. When I've been interviewing uh, national broadcasters or, or media, you know, a lot of them when I ask what's stuck out to you about this season, a lot of them say maybe it's a little too early on who they can say, oh, this, this team is, you know, on the rise. This team is struggling. They might not get back to it. Um, we're about 17, 18 games in. Is that the same way for you? Are we too early to judge certain teams? Or have you had an idea of some teams that, have surprised you whether it's been a good thing or a bad thing through the, you know, the first couple months of the season. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's early and it's probably even earlier than normal, uh, even though it's actually mathematically later than normal yeah. uh, um, because of, uh, you know, a shortened season and obviously starting later, but, um, but if, you, but I think it's earlier than normal, just in the sense of, you know, there's less practice time than these guys have ever experienced as far as their game schedule goes uh, there, you know, was a condensed camp. Uh, the rookies uh, didn't have the same or just young players in general didn't have the same summer league onboarding process, new coaching staffs, like, you know, what you guys are dealing with in new Orleans didn't have the time to sort of um, go through that same thing in, in Brooklyn, which I've seen uh, closely from my work with the nets with yes. Um, so I think it still feels really early, but there are some things that stand out. I think, you know, one thing that really stands out to me is there is no clear cut. Well, this team is definitively going to win. You know, I think the Lakers are the rightful favorites. Um, and I do think they're even better than a season ago. Uh, and in the end, that plus LeBron James may prove to be just too much um, for anybody to handle. But I think that Utah is legit. They were never healthy last year. Now they are Conley's comfortable and they're, really well coached I think they are a legitimate finals contender I think you know Denver has struggled here early on but I think Denver uh could still find themselves in a position where they can go back to a conference finals uh or find themselves in the finals um I think you know in the east uh having watched every single minute of Brooklyn Nets basketball yep. uh you know when you're in a close game and you have James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant on the floor, usually in pretty good position, you know, and, and the Nets have real uh, issues with their roster. They're going to have to work out as far as improving their defense and more specifically their size and the, the athleticism of their size. Um, but they still have those three guys. And I mean, Kevin Durant looks like just, he looks like the MVP. So they're going to be tough to beat um, in a seven game series. Uh, I think Milwaukee, I love the way they've tweaked their roster. I think Boston, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is a legitimate superstar tandem uh, budding. Philadelphia has surprised me a little bit with just how quickly they hit the ground running with Doc. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I think Doc might be exactly what they need for playoff basketball. And I, I guess this long answer is <laughs> just my way of saying, there are a lot of great contending teams, and I don't think you can look at anyone other than the Lakers, you know, and say, okay, that's that's obviously the number one. The Lakers are the top. And then I think there's – but I don't think they're unbeatable. And then I think there's, you know, I think there's eight or nine or ten teams who can dream about holding up the trophy in the end. I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you listed seven teams right there who I was like, yeah, they, I can easily see them being in the Western Eastern Conference Finals or even – 
or even in the NBA Finals. So I think that's what we love about these last couple of seasons. It hasn't been, oh, just one or two teams get to the finals. It's seven or eight that legitimately feel like they have a chance. So it should be a fun season. And tonight should be a fun game for, for Ryan and crew. Uh, if you are wanting to tune in, 6.30 p.m. Pelicans and Bucks on ESPN. Ryan will be on the call. Ryan, I really appreciate the time and uh, have a good call tonight. Thanks a lot, Daniel. I appreciate it. Be well, man. Yep. You too. All right, good stuff there from Ryan Ruka. Before we get out of here, we want to introduce FanDuel Fridays to you here on the Pelicans podcast. As every Friday, Tom Vecchio from Number Fire and FanDuel will join us. He's a contributor and, of course, has a lot of info for those that now can play daily fantasy here in Louisiana. We'll get into the specifics in a second, but we do want to introduce Tom to the program. Hey, Tom, good to talk to you. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. You know, exciting time for fantasy and DFS in Louisiana. I'm ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. For, for those that really don't know a lot about daily fantasy sports, I know this is kind of a, a broad question, maybe even a vague question, but kind of explain to those that really haven't played what daily fantasy sports is all about. Yeah, it, it's a big question. It's a, a broad question in a lot of aspects, but it's a good one. And, you know, for season-long fantasy players, when you draft your team, you're worrying about the waivers every week for whatever sport it might be. Daily fantasy is a new game every day where you hop in, you look at the matchups for that day, you draft a team, and then when it's over, you move on to a new day uh, the following with a new slate. So it's very exciting. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of factors going into it for each different sport, and NBA is certainly an exciting one. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into that, how, how has fan, Daily Fantasy changed how you watch sports and how has it changed the way fans look at sports? Because there's now so many elements that fans can tune into when watching a game. And this really doesn't apply to for Louisiana residents, but whether it's prop bets, whether it's sports book, whether it's the Daily Fantasy, how has that, you think, changed the way people watch sports these days? That's a good question. I know for me, it has me, you know, rooting for players more, where I'm more interested about how the players do, where the outcome sometimes for the game, the final score, whether they win or lose, isn't as important. And I'm more interested in a player. Does he score a lot? Can they home run? Can they score a touchdown, et cetera, et cetera. So it takes it away from the team and puts more importance on the players who, you know, ultimately are the ones bringing us the entertainment. Let's get to what Louisiana residents can do as of now. Again, right now, what's only been approved is free daily fantasy sports for those in Louisiana. Not exactly sure when they'll be able to pay to be able to play, but hopefully in the spring or early summer. But for those that want to get on FanDuel, what are some of the games that Louisiana residents can play right now if they wanted to start? So one of the main ones from the start is the three-point challenge, where all you have to do is draft three players we don't have to be worrying about their salaries in this format. Any three players that are on the slate, but only three pointers count. So we, of course, want to be targeting the players that take the most three pointers are in the best spots to be taking those three pointers. And then it's free to play, but there's different prize pools associated with how many three pointers your total lineup has. So if your lineup reaches 12 total three pointers made, you are put in the uh, $2,000 prize pool. And if your lineup hits 20, you win an additional share of the $5,000. So it seems pretty simple for fans as far as, oh, I'll just plug in the best three-point shooters. But I feel like there's more to that. How much do you have to look at matchups for that night, um, player availability? How much of the strategy goes into that certain that certain competition? There's a lot. You know, I think a lot of the core factors when it comes to looking at this free play, which is, I, I would say, a good first step, can be applied to the full fantasy, full daily fantasy when that comes. And you know, one of those things would be a player availability, availability, like you said. And I would say a good example is what we saw, you know, potentially last night with the Portland Trailblazers. We know that C.J. McCollum is out for Portland, and that pushes Carmelo Anthony into the starting lineup. 
So Carmelo, a great shooter, we've known this for many years. He normally plays off the bench for Portland, but now he's a starter and simply has more opportunity. So that's one of the core things we look at injuries, what players are available, who's starting, who's coming off the bench. And that's something you want to be looking for on a nightly basis. Is this the best way for fans here in Louisiana and fans of the Pelicans kind of ease their way into this that they haven't played before? Because again, a lot of these states have already been playing these for a couple of years now and seeing FanDuel, you know, grow as much as they have. Is this kind of the best option for them as far as if they want to kind of dip their toes into the daily fantasy sports pool? Is this the way to go? Absolutely. This is an easy first step. And, you know, once you worry about or, you know, start learning about the matchups and the injuries and who's available, you can apply that going forward for no matter what sport you want to play. You know, we worry about starting lines for MLB, who's available, inactive for NFL. And in basketball, the injuries are probably the most important because, you know, a bench player is only going to see 15, 20 minutes a night. And if a starter's out, that player can now be seeing 25 to 30 a night. So the, the core aspects for this is an easy, easy first step to get ready when uh, full daily fantasy sports launch. So how can fans follow your work? How can they get access to the, some of the things that you provide for FanDuel as far as strategies and, and gameplay? So you can follow me on Twitter at DFS underscore Tom. I host our daily FanDuel podcast for basketball. That is the daily ISO. I break down the slate every single day. Uh, going over the matchups, what players you want to be targeting at each individual position. And I talk about the core concepts we want to be focusing on, who's injured, you know, game totals. The over-unders for games is very, very important. We want to be looking at games that have a higher game total. It just means more fantasy points compared to the games that have lower game totals. We want to be worrying about injuries. Uh, I write articles on numberfire.com. You can find all of that there. There's also a great host of tools on Numberfire, uh, breaking down pace, matchups, defensive matchups, you name it, it's all there. All right, and Tom's going to join us as best he can every Friday to fill you in on what you need to know about daily fantasy here in Louisiana and what games to play and what strategies to do. But, Tom, this is a great intro for those that want to start, and I hope everyone can get on the fan duel and start playing. I really appreciate the time, and we'll catch up with you next week. I appreciate you having me on. I'll talk to you next week. All right, so Tom will join us every Friday, and if you're looking to get on the FanDuel, FanDuel.com is the way to go if you want to start playing daily fantasy and playing the three-point challenge starting tonight. Um, it's a good time to do it. And again, it's free for all those in the state of Louisiana. If you want to start playing daily fantasy and dipping your toes in, see if you can win some cash and some prizes. All right, tonight, Pelicans and Bucks, nationally televised on ESPN. But we encourage you to watch locally here in New Orleans on Fox Sports New Orleans with Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, and Jen Hale. And then listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Todd Graffinini, John DeShazer, and Caroline Gonzalez will have the call at 6.30. I'll have pregame for you starting at six o'clock and then it's a back-to-back tomorrow as the pelicans welcome in the houston rockets they've won four games in a row and we'll take that winning streak into the smoothie king center tomorrow night that tip-off has been moved from 6 p.m to 7 p.m central time and again it'll be on espn new orleans for radio and fox sports new orleans for television before i let you go here there are a couple changes to the schedule as far as timing is concerned we'll start with saturday february 6th against the memphis grizzlies Originally set for 6 p.m. Central Time, it'll now be 8 o'clock that night. And then February 10th, Wednesday, against the Chicago Bulls on the road. It is now also an 8 p.m. Central tip. It was scheduled for 7. And then the Pelicans wanted to spread some love on Valentine's Day. They'll now play on that Sunday, February 14th. It was supposed to be a little break as the Pelicans play on Friday the 12th and then not until Tuesday the 16th for Mardi Gras weekend. But now they'll add a game on, thir- on Sunday, excuse me, December, February 16th, 
They'll play the Detroit Pistons in Detroit at 6 p.m. Central Time. So again, the Pelicans are trying to make up two games that they have missed with the Mavericks and the Spurs. Bringing the Detroit game over means that they may make one of those up or both of those up in the second half of the schedule, which should come out late in February. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. A big thanks again to Tom Vecchio and Ryan Rucco. And until tonight, from the Smoothie King Center, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeking.